The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, unlike a number of episodes of the Paracast, Tim Swartz and I are going to focus this time on ghosts and related subjects. And our guest, for the first time on the show, and it's up to him whether it's first or last, is Mason Winfield, who has been studying ghosts, particularly up in and around Buffalo, New York. Now, Mason, welcome to the show, first of all. Very privileged to be here. Thank you. I have never been to Buffalo. Don't ask me why. I've never been to Buffalo. What am I missing out on? Well, it's a beautiful geography, wonderful community of people, magnificent architecture, 250 years of, uh, of history, including a lot of Native American stuff. It's a unique area. It's um, got a lot to recommend it. And you recommend I visit it, but not in the winter? Well, you know, if you're visiting today, yeah, just, just skip a blizzard. Yeah, miss the blizzards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lose that stuff. Visit any time. We'd love to have you. It's a nice place. I'll show you, show you a good, uh, good weekend. Ah, what are your favorite meals in Buffalo? Oh, I don't dine like a Buffalonian typically. Uh, the the three delicacies unique to Western New York tend to be blunt ones: um, chicken wings, fish fry, and beef on weck. And beef on weck. I mean, the chicken wings. I think the world has them. You know, the fish fry is pretty self, self-explanatory, but the beef on weck is thinly sliced roast beef on top of this unique roll with rock salt, and it's a German delicacy. But no, I uh, tend to uh, eat very differently than that. I mean, tonight I'm going to a sushi place. But can you get a good bagel in Buffalo? Oh, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, I say that definitively. Yes. We have a damn good bagel. I'll find one for you when you get here. Well, we spent 23 years looking for good bagels in and around Phoenix, Arizona. We went to a place called Chompy's that was bought out by a private equity company, and the quality of their bagels went downhill real fast and tasted to me like straw. And everything bagel was lots of straw. And then we found a place called Bonjournos. This is in Chandler, Arizona. And they use a special filtering machine that filters the water the same way they filter water in New York City. And that does it. No way. Learn something every day. 
Well, I'm going to learn some stuff from you here. We're going to explore all the weird stuff happening in your area. But first, I see here that you were a teacher and you focus on students with dyslexia. Now, it's interesting to me, people with reading or speech difficulties, how many of them become famous. Like, for example, Cher has dyslexia. And you had mentioned to us before we started the episode that a number of famous people have it. Oh, well, sure. There have even been famous authors. Um, William Butler Yeats, the Irish poet. I think Marcel Proust, the French author. I'm, I'm told that both of them had dyslexia. Dyslexia is, first of all, it, it's not any bar to great talent. I mean, you can be a magnificently gifted artist. You can be gifted at an awful lot of things and have dyslexia. And, and secondly, dyslexia, now this is just my call, dyslexia gets a lot better with adulthood. You know, the way our educational system works, it, it's on a time clock, you know. Everything has to go First grade, you got to learn what you're supposed to in first grade. If you don't quite get it, you're falling farther behind by the time you get to second grade. You know, we sort of warehouse people and ram them along in our system. And somebody who's just a little behind for their grade, particularly with reading, is going to continue to struggle and it'll just get worse. I make the comment that dyslexia gets a lot better because I'm in touch with a lot of my former students. And, and these are guys that are in there. 30s and 40s and 50s, some of them now. And, you know, we Facebook message and bust each other's chops and all that kind of stuff. And their writing is a ton better now than it was when they were kids. So I really think one of the big curses of dyslexia is it's a late maturation of the language faculty, of just basically being able to deal with the printed symbol. And it's just as bad in math, maybe worse. Now, I should tell our listeners, they probably know, as a child, I stuttered. That was a serious problem. Of course, when I was 12 years old, it really got me in Dutch with some of the students who found better ways to attack me. Anyway, I persuaded my parents to get me a recording device, similar to a tape recorder, but not a tape recorder. And I listened to myself, and I said, hmm, okay. And then I decided to go into broadcasting. So I figure in another hundred years I'll resolve with completely. I think I've got it mostly licked right now. I think you do. You're marvelously articulate. Dyslexia, it, it's got some interesting connections with subjects of human psychic abilities. And I say this because, well, first of all, a lot of dyslexic people did stutter. Any type of... Um, verbal or language a complication you can think of will be a bit more common among dyslexic youth. And you know something else that's a lot more common is left-handedness and ambidexterity. Aha! Uh, yeah. Now we're starting to get into the hemispheres of the mind when we talk like that. But at our school, I would swear to you, now this is just a personal, I was there for 13 years, Boarding school, so you, you live with people, you know. I would calculate for you that about, well, you know, the general population is about 5%, 5 to 10% lefty. I would swear to you that that school was 30%, maybe a third lefty. I would swear to you that a large percentage of the kids 
were ambidextrous. We had a kid, I coached a lot of sports out there and I was a tennis coach, you know, and we had a first singles player for about three years. This kid could serve equally well righty or lefty and he had a good serve. Just drove his opponents crazy. They they did they never knew what hand he was going to hit the ball with. He was the most ambidextrous person I've ever run into. Remarkable. And because the dexterity, as well as language verbal language processing, I mean written language processing, because you know the way our system, the way we read, left to right. You know we read left to right, and then we start over again left to right. One of the theories for dyslexia held it that maybe the hemispheres left and right were not being quite as niftily separated within the mind so that it made it harder for the eyes of a young person with dyslexic to track a line of print. Just one of the theories I, I heard. But the reason I got into the hemispheres of the brain is because, you know, the, the spinal cord flips at the base of the brain. So your left brain is thought to govern your right arm, your right side, you know, and therefore your right brain covers the left. And the left-handed side of us, the left-handed side of us is always associated with artsiness, imagination, creativity, and the right side of the body, therefore the left side of the brain, is associated with objectivity math, you know, pay your balance, your checkbook, you know, pay your bills on time. I mean, that sort of stuff. And um, I hope I'm not dragging us on a non sequitur here. But the imaginative side of the brain, that is the right, has been presumed to be maybe a bit more active among dyslexic people, which might be why they've got so much trouble with our highly objective school system. We're going to do our break here, and we'll continue just for a moment on your work with learning disabled people, and then we'll go into ghosts. That's an interesting segue. Anytime. It's okay. your guys' show. I'm happy to be here. Mason, Gene, and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience, so I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. 
And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. walloffire.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, just to bring this to your attention, I'm left-handed, but I eat with my right hand in many ways ambidextrous. My wife writes with her left hand, and she's a singer. So there is a lot in what you're saying there. But let's go to the segue part. You've written a number of books on ghosts and other paranormal phenomena. How did you get from there teaching in a boarding school to exploring the unknown? Well, you know, I was a lit guy. I knew as a high school kid that I wanted to be a writer, an author, but you know, the arts, it's, it's really hard getting traction in the arts. And I kicked around, did a lot of stuff, and I had a master's degree in Brit Lit, and I had a really good master's. I mean, we were studying real serious, difficult literature, 
I got my master's degree from Boston College, studied Yeats, the British Romantics, you know, real serious literature. So I got a job as an English teacher. I was teaching at this country boarding school, the Gao School, South Wales, New York, for um, dyslexic boys. Now it's co-ed, but, you know, after 13 years or so, I was finding myself kind of wanting to maybe reach a, a bigger world than 30 people at a time, which you get in a, you know, when you're teaching school. I was debating whether to go back to graduate school and follow my interest in literature or, you know, I'm meditating this career change and there the TV's on and there's the X-Files. And instantly I realized, wow, you know, going into education as a career switch in your 30s is not going to be get your PhD, try to get a college job. That's not very likely. Whereas the paranormal was of immense interest to the general public. And I realized this would be pretty good for a midlife career switch. The neat thing about the paranormal, you know, you really don't need any qualifications to say, think about it. You know, it's like you go to a a party and you tell people, oh, I'm a doctor. They go, oh, wow. Where'd you get your degree? You know, or what's your field? You know, you say that you're a lawyer. They go, oh, what's your specialty? But you say you're a ghost guy. They just go, oh, cool. One thing a good master's degree teaches you is how to research you can read and write the hell out of anything. May not get you a job, but you have skills. I realized that I could, that I've got the gift of becoming an armchair expert in almost anything quickly. You'll never be a true expert without putting in the identical amount of commitment that the true experts have done. But but as far as getting to be a reasonable one who can serve a a purpose communicating with the general public, I realized that I could do that pretty quickly. I've done it a bunch of times on different subjects. And I noticed from most of what I saw about the paranormal on TV, these guys aren't scholars. You know, I don't mean to come off criticizing people, but that's not what you get on TV. You're getting entertainment most of the time and radio and movies, and you're not getting the real research. And I I really thought that the general public would be interested in the research. So that's pretty much my take. I I try never to tell anybody anything at all that I can't prove to them. And so my approach to paranormal subjects tends to be a lot more um, conservative than what you often get through TV. You know, I mean, I'm not telling you what the spirits do. I cannot prove to you that there is such a thing as spirit. How can I tell you what it's doing? I can't tell you what it would look like. I don't try to tell people that a ghost and a spirit are the same thing. I don't think they are most of the time. So your master's degree is in uh, Brit Lit. There's a lot of supernatural elements in some of these books and literature. Absolutely right, Tim. Absolutely right. I mean, and we're not talking about like the Penny Dreadfuls. I mean, some of the more, you know, the most most famous. Literature, in, the Odyssey. You know, yeah. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Aeneid, Beowulf. I mean, Beowulf is a big monster fight. You know, Hamlet is a ghost story. Macbeth is a, a a curse. You know, The Tempest and Midsummer Night's Dream are uh, magic and fairies. The theme of supernaturalism is a major one in classic literature, which is frankly one of the problems I have with. Some of the grad, some of the schools and graduate schools these these days is that they're teaching literature from an almost entirely 
oh, I don't know if political is the word, but, you know, they sort of have their philosophy of the way they're going to teach something, and they're just going to apply it to every piece of literature they pick up. And I'm just thinking to myself, why don't we try to figure out how to appreciate these things, you know? Why don't we figure out what the author might have been intending? Anyway, that was a little bit of an aside. But, yeah, that was well well put, Tim. Um, there, there was a major league strain of supernaturalism running through just about all Western literature. It's only been about the last century, actually, that a, a new strain of um, that new themes of literature have taken over and that um, the supernatural stuff isn't taken too seriously anymore. Now, the point being here, of course, is you're referring to the paranormal in these books as a means of presenting a fictional story. But did they or these authors depend on something real, something strange happening to influence them, or is it just stories and myths? Hmm. Well, I I know that there are some of the classic authors who we know pretty well who have had experiences they considered supernatural or psychic. I mean, um, the word psychic means anything presumed to come from the human mind or spirit. So in other words, a ghost is psychic phenomena, ESP, prophecy, um, you know, a telepathic dream, um, poltergeist phenomena. Those would be presumed to be psychic phenomena, whereas a Bigfoot, UFO, you know, ancient mysteries, and awful lot of the other components of the paranormal industry, they are not presumed to be psychic. So I'm, I'm very well aware that while a lot of the classic authors in the West, as far as we can gather from their journals and stuff, their letters, a lot of them had supernatural experiences. Um, I've had, I, I believe, I've had a couple myself. Um, not many, and they were never when I was looking for them. And, and incidentally, a question I get asked a lot is, did some type of supernatural experience get you interested in the paranormal? And I have to be honest with you, no, it didn't. I cannot identify anything besides a sincere curiosity on my part that um, um, launched me into paranormal studies. It was something I was always interested in. When you got involved in paranormal studies, and we'll continue this to the next segment, did you think of it as something real? Or were you looking into myths and legends? Very interesting thing to look at. Mason Winfield emerged from school teacher in a boarding school to exploration of the unknown, mostly in and around his area of Buffalo, New York, a place, like I said, I've never been to. I'm not saying I'm not going to ever visit Buffalo, New York. I don't know why I haven't passed there in my travels over the years. But once I start traveling again, I will certainly look it up. But when the weather is decent, I gave up on winter a long, long time ago when the family moved to Arizona. With Mason and Gene and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. 
Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. USA News Update. The White House says additional documents with classified markings were found in President Biden's Delaware home this week. Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel earlier in the week to review classified materials that were previously located in Biden's home and an office he used in Washington. Biden will speak at the church where Martin Luther King Jr. served as pastor on Sunday ahead of the federal holiday. Biden will be the first sitting president to speak during Sunday service at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. Ukrainian officials are reporting a new round of missile strikes in Kiev and Kharkiv. The strikes damaged several buildings and sparked fires early Saturday, but no deaths were reported. With an opening day of a million and a half copies sold, Prince Harry's memoir, Spare, has become the best-selling nonfiction in history. Jerry Barmash, USA News. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk... They hear you. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com.
Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue with Mason, a paranormal detective. So the question I posed at the previous segment was, did you feel you were studying something with reality behind it or what? You know, that's a real good question, because my my attitude has changed an awful lot. I think when I started, I believed that there was something more to the world than simple materialism, you know, but I couldn't define it. And I approached the paranormal with a huge degree of of skepticism. A lot of paranormal subjects were just too far-fetched, too too curious for me. Um, and And incidentally, I read mythology, folklore, paranormal studies, starting in high school. But as time went on, and I began to realize, and oh, and and my other attitude was that all these skeptics were sincere-hearted seekers of truth. And the reason they didn't believe in paranormal topics is because either those topics were not valid or because they had not encountered proof. And as time went on, man, did I get a big, I've had many big surprises. I should probably make a lecture someday on my top 10. But one of the big surprises I had was that paranormal is like American politics in a couple of ways. You know, American politics, you've got your center, which fortunately is large, your center right, your center left. And then you've got your extreme left and your extreme right. And the extreme left and the extreme right interpret things almost entirely different. They just can look at the same phenomena and have radically opposed conclusions. Well, the paranormal's like that. The two sides just don't meet. And the, the difference between the paranormal and American politics is that the middle in, in the paranormal subjects is very small. Almost everybody is either a spiritualist, you know, they believe in the possibility, if not the likelihood, of ghost spirits, you know, or they are materialists, physicalists, structuralists. They don't believe in anything besides the material, physical existence. And when I realized that people were being paid to be debunkers, I mean, there are proponents of both sides of the paranormal question whose income is derived from a propagation of their position, that's when I began to realize, wow, you can't take anything at face value in this field. You gotta look top to bottom, you know, look underneath the tablecloth, look for hidden motives. Really don't take anything at face value. Um, That was one of my big surprises. Um, And now whenever I hear a paranormal claim or an anti-paranormal rebuttal, I instantly look for possibilities. What are the other possibilities here? Why is somebody saying this? What's in their advantage? What's their track record? So I I try to navigate that narrow line right down the middle. And there are some paranormal topics I do believe in. So you said uh, earlier that uh, you've had your own 
paranormal, you know, put that in quotation marks, <laughs> experiences, though you you weren't seeking them out at the time. And, and I should say that uh, the majority of the time, unlike what you see on reality television, it doesn't happen when you're looking for it. It's very evasive, <laughs> especially I, when you're looking for it. I so, agree with that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I mean, and, and we've got the time. Why don't you tell us about uh, some of your own personal experiences? That uh, I always find that, you know, interesting, especially, you know, with, with people who, you know, uh, write about and investigate, you know, the subject. Sure, sure. Well, I don't talk or write a lot about my own experiences because, first of all, there aren't that many of them. And secondly, I'm not here to try to sell somebody on what they ought to think. I just try to lay out the lay out the information and let them decide. But, well, let's see. When I was a little kid, I was about probably eight. I was running around at night with a couple of buddies, and um, there was some kind of flying being. And it, it you know, I, I really don't have a great memory of it yet. But I remember just... You know, it was just sort of in the air around us on top of this hill across the street from where we all lived in my, well, maybe semi-rural street. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm just crazy or I don't know, I must have been dreaming it or whatever. And I remember talking to a couple of the other kids years later and saying, did you ever have that experience? And they said, yeah, they did. And they remembered it. Um, I remember when I was about 15, my teenage years, uh, maybe 14, a bunch of the kids in the neighborhood were playing around with the Ouija board. And you know, the Ouija board, uh, my spiritualist friends consider the Ouija board the most dangerous mm. type of um, instrument of divination that there might be, other than maybe, you know, Aztec human sacrifice or, <laughs> you know, possibly the Moche cult of the decapitator or, you know, I mean, there, there are a few known religious practices that are more dangerous. Um, but the Ouija board is probably considered um, the most dangerous, um, I think, for two reasons. One is because when you're using a Ouija board, you're channeling all the the energies through you. You're, you know, you put your hands on this device and you, the planchette, they call it, and you ask it, you ask whatever forces there are to talk to you and guide your your fingers, and you're you're basically opening up the doors to your unconscious. And in domestic senses, opening up your unconscious to anything that wants to enter is a little bit like going to sleep in your house, leaving the front door unlocked, and put a sign on the porch saying, free beer. <laughs> you just open yourself wide open, and you don't have any control of what's coming in. But the second reason that the Ouija board is considering, considered dangerous is because all the people who use it are untrained. Well, not all of them, but I mean, they're kids at sleepovers. So the, the worst kind of people are using the worst kind of tool. And if you compare the Ouija board to other types of um, solicited psychic experience, like let's say you you go to a, a, a psychic medium, whether they're a tea leaf reader or tarot or, you know, a medium, whatever, they're channeling the influences through them. And they tell you what, what the influences say. So they're, they are a medium. They are an intermediary. So the untrained individual is not subjecting themselves to this state of basically trance. 
But um, when I was a kid and we did the Ouija board, there was one kid that I associated with who um, really started getting spooked. And um, we we witnessed a couple of um, spontaneous um, physical psychic manifestations that you would probably consider psychokinesis or poltergeist phenomena. I remember one, um, we were camping out on a back deck and sleeping on these, you know, it was summer night and we've been using the Ouija board and we're about 14 and we, you know, we got our sleeping bags and around these cots and we're sleeping on a back deck and it was really, really fun. And around the middle, middle of the night, or I mean, maybe later than that, like four in the morning, my friend is trying to wake me up and uh, there's this plastic kind of a tray, you know, like, you know, just a little folding tray, you know, and it, it had a, a very um, a resilient um, top to it. So you could really rap on it, make a loud noise. And my friend was telling him it was floating in the air. And he's trying to wake me up and I was just couldn't wake up. Anyway, the next morning we wake up and the thing is gone. And the following evening, we get back on the Ouija board and we ask our our spook, I forget what its code name was, you know. We ask it, what happened to the tray? And the thing said, well, I've got it. And, okay, where is it? The thing goes, it's in the woods. And we go, how do you know you're telling the truth? And the thing goes, well, just listen. You know what? Just listen to this, and we'll find out more about the trip through the world of Ouija boards. I can tell you some experiences that we had. More to come with Gene, Tim, and Mason. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. Extendivite really works. Here's just a few testimonials from Amazon. RL, five stars. Been taking this for two months now. I feel better. Have more energy. April, my husband started taking Extendivite, and he said he feels much better and has more energy. EW, need to try Everyone needs this for their health. Great product, great people. Josie, it works great. This product has made my blood pressure and cholesterol stable. I highly recommend it. JC, great product, has worked well these last few years. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E.com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You see, Mason, she's got 27 and a half voices. We may even hear one of them eventually. That's a ghostly voice, however. But you're telling us here, you're with the Ouija board, you're getting these messages... Now, some suggest here that somebody in your group is subconsciously moving the planchette so that it picks out specific words and such. Or they're doing it deliberately to spook everybody in a different fashion. What's your take and where did this go? Well, I think, you know, from having done a lot of Ouija boards, I I think you probably could. If one person really wanted to kind of force it, they might be able to. You, you can get just a little bit of little bit of push or pull on that planchette, but I think it's quite possible that um, a little more to it than that. I mean, if something is able to communicate with the unconscious part of your mind and get it to sort of 
move the device. You know, it's a possibility. I, I, I would have to say that my faith in the literal and direct power of the Ouija board is, is, is not as strong as I have in some other paranormal topics, but um, it certainly did manage to um, creep out a, a group of junior high school kids in my neighborhood. What ha- what happened to the uh, to the table that it's? I'm glad you brought taking it to the woods. Yeah. I'm glad no, I, got, you I, I need the closure. Well, I'm glad you remember because it was honestly one of the more astonishing supernatural experiences of my life. Because you know you, you got these kids on a back porch on the following night to this event, and device tells us just listen, and my friend could hear it. He could hear something rapping on it in the woods, and there were lots of woods around our house and those houses in those days and i remember trying to listen and you know you, you still got normal night noises like birds and cars on on roads and you know you got all these normal night noises and i couldn't hear anything and i told him well touch my he, he said yeah it's in a rhythmic pattern about every you know like 10 seconds or so it goes and i told him well touch my arm when you hear it and he did and then I could hear it. The minute he touched my hand, I could hear what he was hearing. And it was this really unique rapping pattern. It sounded like only a drummer, only a really good rock drummer could, you know, it was a really remarkable, unique pattern. And, uh, you know, as long as I listened, I could hear this thing. It was very repetitive, very routine. You could have set a stopwatch by it. That remains one of the, one of the great mysteries in my life. You mentioned rock music, and I should tell you that we've heard the news, which happened several days ago when you heard this show, that a famous rock guitarist, Jeff Beck, is dead at the age of 78. Oh, no. I just got this text from one of my my cousins. Just got it as we're on the show. I am absolutely crushed. He was one of my all-time heroes, I think one of the great artists, that's that's picked up a a rock guitar i i i am crushed i i admired this man wow jeffrey arnold beck wow i'm one of the all-time favorite rock musicians one of mine i i've never heard a better guitar player i know i know people have favorite artists and they and they they like somebody so they think they're the absolute best well I like this guy because I think he was. I, I never heard anyone better. Um, and, and he was into so many different styles of music. I mean, this guy could play classical, jazz. Anybody that partners with Jan Hammer is uh, uh, something special. I'm, I'm absolutely crushed. Um, I, uh, I will write about him. He's meant a lot to my life. Sorry I never got to meet him. Too many so famous people have left us. Well, we all, you know, that's that's the, the other side of life. I mean, the only way to avoid death is never to have lived. I'm glad this guy did. Now, over the last few months, we've recorded a number of deaths in rock music, show business, the world of paranormal, Christine McVie. Oh, I know. I wrote about Mac her. In November. Then a fellow named A.J. Gavard, well-known Brazilian UFO researcher, Died in December. We heard, of course, about 
Barbara Walters just a few weeks ago. And now the first momentous individual from 2023, Jeff Beck. I hope there aren't too many more. Really do. Oh, my God. I, you know, I, I just had this feeling for a while that, you know, some of my musical idols, I mean, there have been a couple of uh, artists that I've just have made an influence on me. They're, you know, they're older guys than I am, but yet... You know, when I was a young, young fellow, I w- would listen to their music and their music would evolve. And and I, I just realized how much they've uh, they've meant to my to my life. And um, Jeff Beck was one of the top several in uh, my life. I've been very inspired by his uh, his artistry. Um, yeah, I know this is a show about the paranormal, but I I I attribute I will drink him a toast tonight. A lot of musicians were well into the paranormal. We know, of course, John Lennon had a UFO sighting. That Reg Presley from the Trogs, wild thing, that song. He (laughs) wrote a book on UFOs and crop circles back in the early 2000s. Unfortunately, we didn't learn of it until after he had left us. Well, maybe you're aware that there is a former rock musician named Gary Lockman. L-A-C-H-M-A-N, who is a fine scholar. He has written several books on paranormal and um, occult topics. Um, Gary Lockman, I forget the band he was in. It wasn't as big as like, you know, Jeff Beck or something in the Yardbirds, but prominent band back in the 70s and 80s. And this man is a serious thinker and scholar and a a fine writer. He, He would make a great guest for you, Gary Lockman. October 23rd, 2016. He used a stage name Gary Valentine. Hmm. He was a founding member of Blondie. Oh, but wow. he left the band before they became famous. Hey, they were no dummies, you know. Blondie, I, I, I wouldn't say they were anywhere near my favorite musicians, but they, they were some thinkers in that band, including him. Wow. Super cool. Well, you know, I mean, Led Zeppelin had that um, prominent um, attachment to um, magic. They, I think, they may have done some recording in a house, in a manor, in a castle, something that was owned by Aleister Crowley, the British, um, um, well, I guess you'd call him a wizard. He was an author. Screwy guy, Crowley. But he was into Satanism. I, I'm not so sure what he thought of as Satan, as the devil, is exactly what everyone else does. You know, the, the devil, Satan, it's a very charged word. I'll tell you that, um, sorry, I got another text about Jeff Beck. Uh, I'll tell you that, um, a lot of the people accused of satanic worship during the witch trials, they they weren't Satanists. They were, you know, this is, this is stereotyped as the only interpretation these days for witchcraft, that it's repressed paganism or that it's a matriarchal religion. And I'm sure some of it was that. And um, but I'll tell you, just in, in my study of upstate New York, there's a lot of place names. Like they'll they'll have a valley or a 
a grove or something called the Devil's Wood or Spook Hill or Snake Road or Devil's Lane or something. It's like when the Western mind, particularly the fundamentalist, you got to admit that a lot of the um, early uh, um, European settlers of the United States, they were fundamentalists. They were Puritans, you know, Anglicans. They, their take on anything supernatural was really take no prisoners, you know. It's either God or the devil. And I've noticed that a lot of Native American sacred places, valleys, groves, hills, they tend to get stereotyped as devil, spook, snake, witch by the first Europeans. And I don't think that's because they were deliberately stereotyping. I think that's because that's what they were taught. Mason is with us exploring paranormal phenomena. We have Tim and Gene. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're like most Americans, you can see things are out of control. Global problems have local consequences, too many of them. And if the next news headline spins us into chaos, you'd better be ready. Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Today's the day to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. And as you'd expect from a true preparedness company, our food kits are in stock and ship quickly. Those who know what's coming are preparing today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. And we have Mason Winfield. And by the way, when a lot of times you get somebody's name sounding like another person's name. So Mason, of course, there is a number of people 
who are named Mason, like Mason Williams. Do you remember Mason Williams? Sure. Good musician. I remember one really nice hit song. Classical um, Gas. Yeah, I've been called a lot worse than that, you know. You have no idea what they've called me, but we don't want to get into that. This is <laughs> broadcast radio. <laughs> yeah, Mason Winfield became Jason Pinwheel. And, uh, you know, you know, ninth grade being what it is, um, or even younger than that. You got to watch out for those kids in the ninth grade. They can be brutal. Yeah, I'm not sure I was the best of them either, you know. Well, of course, my name, Steinberg, refers to people mostly who are Jewish or German. And we had these Italian teenage boys at <laughs> school I went to, and they called me, Hey, hey, Schnitzelberger! Not that low-key, you know, it would be higher pitch, but it would be the same thing. Hey there, Schnitzelberger, something like that. Sure. And, sure. So, listen, I resemble that remark. We're getting back into the influences of musicians in rock music, like a former member of Van Halen claimed to be a UFO abductee. We have Up From the Skies from a certain famous guitarist from the 60s. You don't remember. Well, well, I'm not sure I remember that, but I will tell you that there, you know, while UFO ET phenomena, incidentally, if you do want to go that direction, there's some fabulous stuff out there. But it, it does tend to be connected with supernatural, well, I'm sorry, with um, psychic experiences in witnesses. There are so many cases, at least in the upstate of New, upstate New York, where people who are about to see a UFO, or either after they've seen a UFO, they report an, an instance of ESP or, you know, it, it's spontaneous physical phenomena. It's almost like maybe, I don't know how to put it, but, but there does appear to be some connection between a UFO experience and a psychic experience. They refer to that as the hitchhiker effect. You see a UFO and stuff happens. By the way, the artist I was talking about from the album Axis Bold as Love was Jimi Hendrix. Never really took it to Jimi Hendrix, though he was a great guitarist. One of those rock musicians who died at the age of 27. 27. Jazz Joplin, Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix. Why 27? Hmm. Three times nine. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I certainly, it, it, it's not one of the um, paranormal coincidences or potentially paranormal coincidences that really grips my imagination, but yet it's interesting. Um, um, but um, no, I loved Hendrix. I think um, he just didn't live as long as Jeff Beck, you know? And um, I, I think... He and Beck had enormous uh, respect for for each other. But I do recall the liner notes that may have been a transcription of a long conversation with Jimi Hendrix where he did talk about extraterrestrials. And he, he seems like he might have been quite a mystical person, Hendrix. Hey, I have a list here of the 27 Club members, those who die at the age of 27. Number one, of course, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain. Amy Winehouse, Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones, of course. Oh, yeah. Jimi Hendrix. I'm giving you the list here. Janice Joplin. This is wacky. Robert Johnson. And then we have 
Kristen Pfaff, I never heard of her from a band called Hole. Richie oh. Edwards from the Manic Street Preachers. Mia Zapata from The Gits. I never heard of that one either. A lot of these I never heard from. Chris Bell. I'm going through the list. Pete Ham. Pete Ham was the lead singer of Badfinger. Badfinger, right. Come and get it. Dave Alexander. Rudy Lewis from The Drifters. Ron Pigpen McKernan from The Grateful Dead. I'm looking up the list here. That's enough. Okay. That's enough. Well, you know, I mean, it's just, it, that is wacky. That famous musicians from different eras die at the age of 27. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm afraid I, I just don't, you know, other than wishing that they'd all made it into long, fulfilled lives. That there aren't quite enough of them to convince me that there's a like, for instance, the, the way my paranormal paranormalist mind works. Is there another age at which a great many rock musicians have passed away? In other words, how many of them died at 32? How many of them died at 44? You know, it's like and you might find that in the thousands of personalities who could fit into that list instead of maybe how many did you think there were like 12 at 27? What if you had another age like 33 where you had like five of them? And I, I mean, I, that, that would be the way I would analyze the phenomenon to try to figure out how significant is this really? The reason this happens is because people who were basically cultural icons from different bands, different individuals, died at that age, which drew more significance to their passing. Uh, little doubt about that. I, I think that's very well said. Musicians and the paranormal. Actually, you know what we were talking about before we got into the musicians and the musical stuff was the Ouija board. I had one of the original Parker Brothers Ouija boards. Yeah. Which probably is worth a few dollars now, but we canned it years and years ago. I never had any luck with it, except one time, a couple of times, my friend Ken and I were teenagers, and his mom joins us, and we're getting all sorts of weird things on that Ouija board, and she would never admit it, but I'm sure she was playing games with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there are people who are such diehard. We're all familiar with the diehard spiritualist. They'll believe anything. You go, yeah, you know, I, I was up on a UFO ride and I, uh, I saw Elvis and there was Bigfoot. And she go, oh, yeah, I was with him last week. We were drinking herb tea and we were, were playing, you know, canasta. And there are people who believe everything. There are also people who will believe nothing even when they see it. It is so remarkable. And frankly, I think there is stuff to see. I mean, for instance, um, a dentist, wonderful dentist. I'm sorry he's retired. He was just a wizard. But my dentist, medical man, very down to earth, very material. He'd go, you know, I don't believe in any of that stuff, but I really wish I knew what to make of this X stuff that happened when he was in college. And apparently he and about five of his medical buddies were living in the same house and um, they were experiencing psychic phenomena that they considered unmistakably inexplicable. 
And yet they, they just filed it as like, you know, I don't believe in it, but yet, boy, was that weird. So you, you run into all, um, all profiles. I think it's partly also that they don't want to be thought of as being crazy. Well, I don't believe any of this stuff, but we had this weird thing happen to me. I could say that's a way of kind of pushing away the skepticism. Listen, I'm a sane guy. I don't believe crazy stuff like this, but I can tell you. That's actually very perceptive. um, I've run into that. Um, I remember, um, you know, I, I do a lot of active research for ghost stories and reports. I go into the community. Uh, particularly if it's something like a building I'm researching or uh, whatever. And there was one uh, time I remember being directed to interview an individual. I was doing some research for this classic historic inn called the Roycroft Inn, East Aurora, New York, that was, it's, it's got all the earmarks of uh, a sacred landscape. We'll talk about the sacred landscape and why things strange might happen there with Mason sure. Jean and Tim, you're in the podcast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. 
Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Mason, you say this place had the air marks of very strange things happening, the symptoms of something that would result in weird phenomena. How so? Yeah, it's basically a big haunted inn and, and campus that's uh, the Roycroft in East Aurora is what we're talking about. I mean, it's a beautiful place. There's nothing dangerous about it or about psychic phenomena. But I remember years ago, I was interviewing people for ghost stories in the community, and somebody said, well, you got to interview this guy. His name was His nickname was Moon, and he was a known eccentric but the person said, you got to interview him. He really knows everything. So I go track him down and, you know, sit him down, have an interview with him. And I go, what can you tell me about ghost stories? Have you ever heard any supernatural folklore? I mean, that's the professional way to approach it. He goes, nope, never heard anything. Just look me right in the eye. He goes, didn't know anything. So anyway, years later, or maybe not that long later, I'm interviewing somebody else who goes, well, I saw this miracle. But you know who you can get to confirm it is Moon. The person who told me he knew nothing. And I said, well, I already interviewed him. He told me he didn't know anything. They said, hell, hell, he does. So I went back to track him down and go, why the hell did you tell me you didn't know anything? And he said, well, I didn't want you to think I was crazy. And I said, well, everybody already does anyway. (laughs) Don't let that stop you. And then the guy spills it out. But no, you really do. There's a skill to interviewing people. And you're never going to get it perfect. But I mean, a lot of my work is interviewing people because a lot of the stuff I try to understand and track down, it's never been published. It's not in any book anywhere. And still some of the best evidence, maybe the best evidence there is for spontaneous psychic phenomena like apparitions, like ghosts. Some of the best evidence may be the verbal testimony eyewitnesses that are responsible and sensible that say, 
Yep, I saw that. I mean, don't ever forget we're in a society in which the eyewitness is respected. You know, I mean, one eyewitness would have sent OJ up the river. But yet when they say, oh, I saw a UFO or I, I saw a ghost, all of a sudden people discount them. So so what is it? Do, do we value verbal testimony or not? I'm of the opinion that we ought to. But scientists will go and reject that and say, oh, well, that's just anecdotal. We can't duplicate it in a laboratory time and time again. So obviously it's not real. Well, I think that's a very um, responsible presentation of their perspective. And it could be that there are never many of them. Now, scientists is a big word because I know some very professional people who do believe in some kind of a psychic element to life. But we could be asking a lot of the wrong questions when we come to the paranormal and particularly psychic phenomena. You know, there's a a famous quote to a book, landmark book, written by Jesse Weston 100 years ago. It's a great old British mythological book called From Ritual to Romance. And her epigraph to the whole book is a couple of lines from a British playwright who says something like, just demanding more evidence for something, when you know the evidence doesn't exist, is not the right way to disprove something. The right way to to prove something, you know, the validity of a theory is how many things it strings together. How many other things does a theory explain? And it's hard coming up with a theory for, for the paranormal, but just claiming that a ghost won't show itself in a lab, therefore it doesn't exist, that's, that's an invalid argument. I, I mean, you could go to the Buffalo Zoo right now and not see a giraffe. It, it's, it's not because giraffes don't exist, it's because they don't have them out. <laughs> They're closed for the night. It's cold out, you know? And I think... There's a middle ground between the debunker, the skeptic, and the spiritualist, and that's the tightrope I try to tread. So I'm always looking at psychic phenomena, comparing it with natural phenomena, you know? Well, and you know, as, as you stated earlier, you know, you have some people who have been raised with the materialist viewpoint, and even if and a lot of them do, have an experience that they can explain, they'll refuse to accept it. They'll either try to forget about it or come up with explanations that are even more wild than, yeah, I actually saw my great-grandma Matilda appear at the foot of my bed. <laughs> you know, you're, you're so right that sometimes the skeptical rebuttals are more complicated than just accepting the likelihood that something inexplicable happened. Um, my dad uh, was a manufacturer. He was a real down-to-earth Anglo-Germanic guy. And I'm not sure he believed in ghosts, but um, he outwardly didn't even absolutely anything supernatural except dowsing and, and literally herbal healing, faith healing. I remember as a kid, there were, there were two things. One was um, he wanted to drill a well in our yard, just find a well to water a new cherry tree or something. So we got a dowser. There was a local farmer who was a dowser. They, they find water, you know. He showed up with a couple of um, 
you know, Fort Stick. And it was remarkable. He located a, a underground water and we drilled there and it was, and I, I stood right next to the guy and I watched his hands hold still, but the stick moved. Remarkable. I remember asking my dad, how's it work? He goes, I don't know, but it does. And then another time, I was a much younger, I was probably about five, I had a wart on one of my fingers. Pointed at it and said to my father, what is that? And he goes, oh, that's a wart. I go, is it, uh, is it dangerous? Should we take it off? He goes, well, I'll get rid of it for you. Watch this. I'll buy it from you. Mm-hmm. I, go, I go, what? He goes, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a penny for it. And I well, that's not a very good deal. <laughs> you know, are, are, are you going to get the wart? And he goes, no, no, I will, it'll just go away. Watch this. Gave me a penny and, you know, don't spend it all in one place. So I keep the penny, and then a, seemingly a week and a half later, I just looked down at the hand, and the wart's gone. I said to my father, what happened to the wart? He goes, oh, it's just gone. How did it happen? He goes, I don't know, but it works, you know. And, and this was a guy who, but this is, you know, he was raised on a, on a, in a farming community. And, um, you know, there's a lot of this old folk wisdom. And, um, and incidentally, a lot of the women or people who got hauled into the witch trials were said to have been green witches. They're basically healers, midwives. You know, they, they had um, techniques of medicine, basically folk healing, that were against the mainstream. And, you know, if you go against the mainstream, you're always setting yourself up. It's just some years it's worse and different than others. Well, then, of course, if they had a very tight or consistent view of what people should be, people who stood out from that crowd, obviously, might find themselves in trouble. Geez, I'm glad there's none of that going on now. <laughs> uh, we don't even want to get into that. Uh, we have Mason uh, Winfield. Right. He, of course, is a paranormal investigator, primarily covering events in and around Buffalo, New York, and environs and all that stuff. I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Tim Swartz. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. USA News Update. The White House says additional documents with classified markings were found in President Biden's Delaware home this week. Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel earlier in the week to review classified materials that were previously located in Biden's home and an office he used in Washington. 
Biden will speak at the church where Martin Luther King Jr. served as pastor on Sunday, ahead of the federal holiday. Biden will be the first sitting president to speak during Sunday service at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. Ukrainian officials are reporting a new round of missile strikes in Kyiv and Kharkiv. The strikes damaged several buildings and sparked fires early Saturday, but no deaths were reported. With an opening day of a million and a half copies sold, Prince Harry's memoir, Spare, has become the best-selling nonfiction in history. Jerry Barmash, USA News. Both my legs were amputated due to an IED. It's when you start to try to get back into, like, an everyday life. I absolutely felt like I lost some of my purpose. There must be something more. When DAV came into my life, they gave me a new mission. I could still be a productive member of society, could still support a family. The DAV gave him that sense of structure and purpose again to get his life back together. Visit DAV.org to learn more about our mission. I need to pay bills. When is my tax refund coming? I need to pay my taxes. What are my payment options? I need to set up a payment plan. How do I do that? I need answers to my tax questions. Where can I find them? I need help with my taxes. Does the IRS offer free help? I need a tax preparer. How should I choose one? Need answers to your tax questions? Go to irs.gov. Extendivite testimonials on Amazon are very informative. Here's just a few. Amazon customer, five stars. Honestly, this stuff works. Nick, easy to take capsules. For those who can't handle the liquid drops, easy to take Extendivite capsules do the same job. Karoka Fam, works great. Like Extendivite very much. Seems to work as advertised. Thanks. Arlene, five stars. Love this product, Extendivite. Terry W., five stars. Can't say enough. Great product. Freya, five stars. I just ordered another. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E.com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite. This is Jennifer Stein, executive producer of The Disclosure Dialogues. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Yes, there's Tim Swartz speaking out of his Ouija board. Uh, (laughs) Proceed, Mason. Well, you know, I've got to, in a gentle and friendly fashion ask to clarify my title. I, I really don't call myself a paranormal investigator. I'm, I sort of call myself a, a, maybe a folklorist and a researcher. And when I get pressured, I'll say, well, I'm a supernatural historian. But I'm, I'm very careful of these titles because, you know, in paranormal subjects, there's an awful lot of these false titles, you know. And I'm not the guy who goes into the house at at night in the dark with the gadgets and tries to take pictures of orbs and listen to EVPs and get white noise. And that, that is not what I do. Um, I'm sort of a, a person who reads books, writes books, listens to people and talks to people. That's pretty much what I do. I try to chronicle supernatural, you know, 
mostly psychic phenomena, look for the patterns and then reinterpret them. That's pretty much what I do. A profiler. So you are a paranormal observer. Well, well, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Um, and I, I'm, I'm an author, too. You know, I've started to write mostly fiction. And I, I think I'm probably have done enough research, uh, research books in my life. You know, regional research is pretty much what I've done. You know, I wrote a book on the War of 1812, Supernatural Folklore. But it's a history of the war on the Niagara frontier with the folklore I've been able to develop attaching to the famous personalities in the war, but also to the sites, forts, battlefields. And um, I've written a book on the supernaturalism of the Iroquois, the Six Nations Confederacy of upstate New York, with my good friend and my Algonquin co-author, Michael Bastine. And incidentally, the book is called Iroquois Supernatural. The one battle I didn't win was for the title. And the book is published by Bear and Company in Vermont, and it's doing quite well. It's in at least its fourth edition. I, th I think maybe of the books I've written, that, that might be one of the most important. It, it, it's the only attempt anyone's ever made that I know of to kind of summarize the supernatural insights and attitudes and customs of the, this, this very impressive Native American group, the Iroquoians. Well, there are obviously legends among Native American people of paranormal encounters. I remember my wife and I had an extended stay at a hotel a few years back, and we got to talking to the people who were actually doing the cleaning every day. Of course, they don't get respect because they clean your place, which is unfortunate. But a couple of them asked about what I was doing, and I was editing my radio show at the time. I never leave home without it. And and I started talking to her, and she mentioned one of these women, there were two there, about legends of sky people. And she didn't have a lot of details, but this was common amongst her people. You know, I don't know what to make of that. I'm not positive it, it invariably symbolizes extraterrestrial visitors, but it's cert uh, certainly no way to say that it couldn't. And I do know that in South America, many regions of South America, the, the belief in extraterrestrial visitors is higher than almost anywhere in the world. South America, particularly along in the Andean regions and the Andean rainforest, their, uh, their paranormal traditions are just powerful. They are right with people every day. And um, I, I know that their, their faith in hidden cities and archaeological curiosities and mysteries, as well as extraterrestrials. Very strong. Have you explored the stories about the incident in 1996 in Virginia in Brazil? Well, I, it's not ringing a bell. Maybe, maybe I've heard of the case and didn't know that's what you call it, but give me the outlines. Well, there's a documentary out now called Moment of Contact from James Fox that covers it. But we mentioned before A.J. Gavert, a Brazilian UFO researcher who died recently, and that was his stock and trade. That's one of the main cases he explored, where they saw gray alien, shiny gray alien beings in connection with the craft, the craft and possibly the bodies mm. of these alleged aliens were recovered and supposedly picked up by U.S. authorities and taken away. 
That's a third, a third kind encounter, close encounter. So the the U.S. government picked up the the aliens and arrested them for what? Illegal immigration? <laughs> well, I don't know. I think they were all dead or dying at this point in time. Oh, they picked okay. up the wreckage, well, of course. They picked up yeah, the wreckage of the craft. Yeah, they probably put up a little less resistance that way. Well, um, makes it easier. Yeah, I would figure. You know, maybe they slipped them a date rape drug or something. You know, they roofed their their whatever. But, you know, um, I am not um, an, an expert on the UFO phenomena. It's hard to believe anyone could be. It is so vast. It is absolutely there are so many different perspectives, so much to to consider. Um I believe it was the French scholar Jacques Vallée, paranormalist, wonderful, wonderful thinker, wonderful intellect. I mean, there are some great minds in the paranormal. I mean, among them, I'd say Colin Wilson, um, Jacques Vallée, um, Alan Hynek, um, for sure, uh, Paul Devereaux, some great minds in the paranormal. They've John Michel. They've just decided that this is their field. But Jacques Vallée, I believe it was, who said, you know, whatever's behind the UFO phenomenon is a hell of a lot smarter than we are. Jacques is a really interesting guy. We had him on the show several times. Oh, magnificent scholar. I wish I'd heard the, uh, I I would like to to hear that show. Um, I mean, these are people I really, really respect. And it's so ironic that in some ways the paranormal isn't respected because these guys could have been any kind of scholar they wanted and they chose they chose this field you know uh there are a number of different ways to look at the ufo phenomenon i mean it was alan hynek who was the director of project blue book who who died he he was not a young man when he died but it was still untimely i mean he had years ahead of him a point of um, order he did not head project blue book but he was a consultant Oh, okay. Who who did head it up? Well, they've had several heads, but the one most famous is the late Captain Edward Ruppelt, who wrote a book called The Report on Unidentified Flying Objects, hmm. which is considered one of the classic works from the 1950s. He was there for two or three years, and then the direction changed after he was trying to do serious research and became largely a public relations arm to denigrate the phenomenon, they hired Dr. Hynek to help them in investigations. And over the years, Hynek became, came to disbelieve or change his viewpoint from his skepticism to embracing a reality of UFOs. And he was responsible yeah. for a group called the Center for UFO Studies. Yeah. Yeah, that part I knew. I just didn't know that he, that he was not to be associated as the founder of Project Blue Book. Thank you for that. I'll uh, try to be a little more precise in my terms from now on. But, you know, well, they correct me all the time. So don't worry about uh, it. Uh, uh, uh. But, you know, there have my been wife comes other... in and she gives me a list. <laughs> there have been some other profiles noted when it comes to the UFO phenomena. Um, among them is a profile of UFOs, sightings and reports, they, they tend to be associated in zones where you get a lot of other paranormal reports, too. I mean, um, 
there's a, a, a fine researcher named Stan Gordon. I yes. believe he still live, lives in um, Pennsylvania. He has devoted his career in a very organized fashion to compiling reports and trying to understand what they mean. He's, he's a super nice guy, too. More to come with Mason, Gene, and Tim. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s.com if you're like most americans you can see things are out of control global problems have local consequences too many of them and if the next news headline spins us into chaos you'd better be ready grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link don't wait for them to break today's the day to secure emergency food for everyone in your family My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. And as you'd expect from a true preparedness company, our food kits are in stock and ship quickly. Those who know what's coming are preparing today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. 
And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue with Mason Winfield, and he was mentioning somebody well-known to Paracast listeners, Stan Gordon, who has explored the unknown from his home in western Pennsylvania. And he always has good stories to tell us. He's a fun guest. He's the kind of guy... Where you say, hi, Stan, how you doing? And then we sit back and he does the show. <laughs> he truly is a fine scholar and he's a neat guy, too. But he's noticed the, the connection between Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings, that there's a pattern there. And what could that possibly mean? And, um, you know, incidentally, the last time I talked to Stan Gordon, he was not convinced that the UFOs are invariably or even largely extraterrestrial craft. He wasn't sure what they were. He thought that they might have something to do with the energies of the Earth, perhaps. I don't want to put words to him, but I I believe that's what we spoke about. And and he's not the only one that had that feeling, because, you know, it was, um, I believe it might have been John Michelle, the, the fine British paranormalist, Maybe even Paul Devereaux, too, who, when they started out their careers, now those guys are older than I am. They were, well, John Michelle's not with us any longer, but those guys would probably be, they started out their careers as researchers starting out in maybe the 60s. And they started trying to figure out the truth of the UFO phenomenon. And they were coming up with just nothing going on. I mean, there was just nothing that made sense until they started plotting. Well, Michelle started plotting, where are people standing when they say they see UFOs? And he found an enormous connection to ancient sacred sites. He called them places of ancient sanctity and um, abbreviated them PAS, like Stonehenge. Or, and, you know, the British Isles are loaded with ancient megalithic circles and mounds and stonework and all that. And and the trick is that a lot of paranormalists, including me, believe the ancient sacred places have some kind of a measurable detectable energy. And then instead of simply saying, no, they don't, we could try to figure out what kind of energy that is. And it's a type of energy that influences human consciousness. When people are around these ancient sacred places, they see stuff. Even if they don't know they're on one, they see stuff. You will get a, a massive spike in psychic or paranormal reports of any kind in the proximity of these ancient earthworks. And, you know, North America has loads of them. The Hopewell culture, the Adena monuments, the mounds, we've got loads of them. And 
I'm one of the guys who will go to a neighborhood where they've got an ancient monument and I'll walk around and interview people. And I try not to lead them on. I just go, have you heard any ghost stories in the neighborhood? And they'll spill it right out. So in other words, it seems like there's a connection between physical place and what people see, even if it's up in the sky. But the other connection might be one that Paul Devereaux discovered. And Paul Devereaux, a wonderful scholar, who would be a great a great candidate for your, your program, he went a different tangent. He went back because he'd get these, you know, he'd get newspaper reports. And the newspaper reporter, who typically were not paranormalists, they've got their minds on, you know, Hollywood movies about, you know, aliens. So somebody says, I saw a light in the air, and they're immediately translating it as UFO. And by the time it hits the papers and gets reported, it sounds like somebody saw an extraterrestrial craft up in the air. But when Devereaux would go back and re-interview them, he would actually go out there and track the witness down. The witness would say, well, that isn't really what I said. It wasn't a light that's, you know, up in the stratosphere. This light was 40 feet off the ground. And Devereaux realized that a lot of things that get reported as, as, you know, like extraterrestrial vehicles are quite likely to be geologically produced light forms. And I think Devereaux's first book might have been something he called Earth Lights. And it's very interesting stuff. And I, I think there are explanations for a lot of UFO phenomena that are neither skeptical rebuttals nor non-paranormal. You know, they're, they're, they don't follow the, the company line about ETs that we just can't discover. They, they might have a different cause. I'll give you one more segue here. I've got a number of friends who are authors, and um, I'm going to keep the name of this good friend confidential. But he was given a tour of a of a military base at one point and they were showing him all kinds of technology that they had from the Vietnam War including things that you you or I would never dream that that the American soldiers had in Vietnam it was like a drone with a camera in it it looked like a dragonfly like a uh, a, a little submarine that looked like a trout it was tiny but it could swim and it had a camera well, it, it motored itself through the creeks. And nobody outside that museum would, would have ever guessed that we had that kind of advanced technology during that era, during the Vietnam era. If that's what we had then, think what we've got now that nobody knows about. And indeed, it's another one of the theories for the lot, a lot of the UFOs people. They're experimental military craft of our own government. But considering that uh, a lot of these uh, uh, reports have gone back into the last and previous centuries, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, some of these, you know, more modern reports could very well be, you know, modern black projects. But it's not an overall explanation like some people are trying to uh, do with that. Well, yeah, that's well said, Tim. That's you're, you're you're absolutely right about that. Yes, it doesn't explain everything that's happened in the past. But on the other hand, everything that's happened in the past, before we had modern photography and you know that kind of of tech, it's all anecdotal. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. That's right. I I wanted to uh, uh, go back. You know, you were talking about the uh, um, Native American uh, mound builders. I grew up in uh, central Indiana, and close by was the. uh, um, It's the. It's now a state park. The uh, mounds uh, state park, and that area was rife with all kinds of bizarre activity you had the you know the earth lights uh, uh cryptid creatures uh ufos ghosts you know you you name it and, uh, um, uh, the, the pukuji uh, uh things like that so uh it's it's funny how these locations it's almost like that uh these earthworks were built deliberately at these spots to indicate, yeah, there's there's something sacred going on here. That's super cool. Well, you realize that in the old world, in, in Europe, the pattern is there. Um, you know, one of the ghost walks, I have a company that does ghost walks, you know, and one of the tours we did, we, we haven't done it in a few years, but it used to go by an ancient burial mound in Lewiston, New York. And I would... There are stories about the burial mound. It's not a real big one, but you you know, I would tell the general public anything a culture believes in that's supernatural, it will associate with these ancient earthworks. You know, in the Middle Ages they believed in witches, fairies, giants, goblins, wizards, the folklore ghosts. The folklore is all, you know, every one of the ancient monuments has some association with these legends, and then you get to 20th century, 21st century United States, and what do we believe in? UFOs, Bigfoot, ghosts. There is so often a connection between our modern, you know, cast of paranormal characters and and the ancient monuments. It's really cool stuff. I, I wish more serious energy was being put into the study of of this phenomenon rather than funding people to deny it, you know? Well, it's like you uh, said that uh, uh, these locations seem to have some kind of energy, whatever that energy is, electromagnetic or something we haven't quite got our grasp on yet. So I think the, you know... uh, Proper research should be done in to de- identifying what this energy is and what our consciousness plays a part in influencing it, or vice versa. Hey, we're going to break for a moment here, and we'll continue here, here. with Mason Winfield, author of a number of history and folklore books with paranormal intent about spirits and everything, and several books of fiction. She's covering all bases. Gene, Mason, Tim, you're in. <laughs> the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. final third of this episode of the Paracast. And by the way, Mason Winfield will be back for the After the Paracast podcast to subscribers of the Paracast Plus. We'll look forward to that. Mason, let us continue. You had something you wanted to bring up? Well, we were just chatting about, um, Tim brought up something I concurred with heartily, that, that he wished that there would be a little bit more serious study of some of the ancient monuments you know, the ancient sacred sites, the Native American ones, for instance, that um, that he grew up near. Have you guys ever heard of a British continental project they used to call the Dragon Project? Have you guys ever heard of that? I remember that one, yes. Cool. I happen to have had a couple of friends who were involved in it. And we're talking like way back, you know, this is back in the 60s and maybe early 70s early to mid, I think mid-60s to mid-70s, the Dragon Project was a group of scholars in paranormal fields, but even fields that were not closely related, like geology and um, architecture and, you know, but they, they wanted to subject the ancient monuments like Stonehenge to a cross-disciplinary study that would be basically an objective study of subjective subjects. You know, a scientific study of non-scientific things. They wanted to study human reactions at the ancient sites, but they also wanted to just see, is there anything geological going on here? What kind of architecture? What kind of astronomy? It, it, it was really a, a wonderful thing they, they tried to do. And today, I believe 
they're no longer called the Dragon Project. They, what's left of them may be called the Dragon Project Trust. But anyway, I've had a couple of buddies that were in on that. And um, they were doing some remarkable groundbreaking stuff. And I mean, they're doing like dream to let dream experiments at the ancient monuments, um, telepathy. Um, they tested dowsing. And um, I'm going to try to recreate something a little bit like that. I'm, I'm putting plans together to form a not-for-profit society, which would be probably called the Spirit Way Project, but we'd be starting by a cross-disciplinary study of ancient Native American sites and monuments in upstate New York. Um, but I should probably also segue to a project that um, got launched, I believe the years might have been 1971 and two. But the story goes like this. Um, there was a famous Welsh dowser. His name was Bill Lewis. And this guy was just legendary among dowsers. He was regarded as the greatest living dowser in the British Isles. He was such a veteran and, and experienced dowser that he could find water or the, the type of underground energy that indicates a break in the crust, break in the Earth's crust, where you are getting this natural water. I don't think the dowsers really find the water. They find the break in the Earth's crust. So anyway, Bill Lewis was so good that he didn't even use dowsing rods, didn't use a bobber, didn't use a pendulum. He just used his hand. He just hold his hand out and feel stuff. And um, apparently there were two young physicists from the University of London, I believe that's where they were from, who were joining the Skeptical Society, you know, the Psychops, World Anti-Paranormal Group. And they, you know, like a knight for King Arthur, they get a quest. And their quest was to investigate Earth energies. They heard of Bill Lewis, and they heard about, they went to him and they said, all right, we want you to take us to a, a place in the ground that's got power. And Bill Lewis goes, oh, okay, well, there's this standing stone. I forget what they call it, but I think it's the standing stone at Crick Howell. It's about 10 feet tall. And Bill Lewis goes, this one, this one will do. This one's good. And so the physicists go, okay, Bill, where do you feel the energy? And he moves his hand all over the stone. And he says, well, I believe I'm feeling an energy in the, in the form of a spiral. The energy goes around the stone just like this and indicates a spiral. And they go, oh, yeah, well, we'll see about that. So they paint it. Wherever he says he feels the power, they paint this big white stripe going around the mound. And then they get their gadgets out. He's right. <laughs> there really is some kind of a detectable electromagnetic energy that is greater in the spiral that Bill Lewis investigated. These two scientists resigned their membership in the Skeptical Society, or else they got kicked out. They spent the next year and a half repeatedly visiting the stone, and they noticed a number of odd things. One is, yes, it had a spiraling energy force, and this energy force would flip its polarity every, in a regular cycle every 28 days in the cycle of the moon. The spiral would suddenly reverse itself. And, you know, that's just an example of what I'm saying is, why don't we try to understand this stuff and just saying, instead of saying, well, it's not there. Yeah, um, Colin Wilson, in uh, one of his books, The Occult Phenomena, I can't remember which one, 
basically did the same kind of a, a experiment at a standing stone. I think he was out there with his wife and uh, using dowsing rods or a pendulum. But he actually had um, physical effects uh, when he touched the stone. He yes. felt dizzy and disoriented. Yes, I, I remember reading that. I don't remember the book myself. You know, um, Wilson was pretty good friends with a British antiquarian named Tom Lethbridge, T.C. Lethbridge. Mm -hmm. And Lethbridge was, um, he started out as a mainstream archaeologist. He was the keeper of antiquities, I believe, of Anglo-Saxon antiquities for maybe one of the great universities, maybe Oxford, I, I think. Don't hold me to that. But I know he started out mainstream. And as World War II started, he, he was off exploring. He may have been in Iceland. And and all of a sudden, he, he, he developed this, this kind of a very out there theory of he basically was using psychic abilities to find antiquities. And apparently, he, he got kicked out of his official position because they just couldn't handle, I think it was him, they just couldn't handle his, um, his um, approach. And but he went on for the rest of his life to be this remarkable kind of a combination of a uh, archaeologist and a, a spiritualist, a psychic. And um, I, I've always found that uh, remarkable. I actually used Lethbridge. I mentioned him as a character in one of my recent books. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did a lot of research into um, dowsing with pendulums. And and came up with a lot of, of of theories, especially dealing with the length of the the string as attached to the. That's uh, right. The way, you know. Tim, you're good. Way to go! <laughs> I just have an interest in dowsing. Hey, you ain't no dummy. Way to go! <laughs> hey, I should mention very briefly before we go on with dowsing that my late mother-in-law Helen had some strange abilities, according to my first wife Geneva. So, on some occasions, she would take her traditional dousing rod and find sources of water underground and was quite successful at it, I'm told. Wow. Uh, you know, the, the thinking goes that all of us have some degree of psychic ability, but it, it may be so faint in many of us that we never really discover it, or, or maybe we just don't discover our our discipline. You know, speaking of uh, a famous um, psychic performer, Uri Geller, the Israeli. Now, Uri Geller is a flamboyant character. I'm not sure he's, uh, he's still alive, right? I think yes. I don't know. But he's regarded as being the real deal among a lot of serious paranormalists that, that Uri Geller really had aptitudes. And he, he was a, this mercurial personality who loved to goof around. And, and yet, apparently, he believed that he may have had some kind of a UFO encounter that could have kicked off his, his abilities. Hey, we're going to get into more of that in a moment. We have Mason, we have Gene, we have Tin. And I have a story about Uri Geller that I'll tell. I've mentioned it before, but I think Mason would like to hear it. Here in the podcast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-932-5140. That's 800-932-5140. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man. You, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, Uri Geller has been very controversial. The late skeptic, the amazing Randy, was able to show the ability to bend spoons by conventional means. And there, you know, there are questions about whether some of the things he did were genuine. There's a theory that Geller had some abilities, but not all the time. So he would, shall we say, push it or stretch things a little bit. Regardless, this one story goes back to 1976. So a girl I briefly dated, Sally, former actress... And she's telling me one day watching Geller on one of the daytime TV shows. And she lives in a rather upscale home in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And she has in her hand a piece of utensils, maybe a fork or a knife. I think it was a spoon, as a matter of fact. Doesn't matter. It was something. And so he does his spoon bending routine on TV. And she sits there and she watches it and she looks at her hand, didn't feel anything, but the spoon she had in her hand, thick, expensive silverware, was bent. Now, I don't know what her parents might have thought of that, whether she tried to bend it back into shape, but that's the story she told me. And she was not the kind of person who'd make it up. So there you go. Yeah, I've heard, you know, similar tales. It makes me wonder if maybe we don't all have a, an ability that our society could be trying to develop. And instead we pay people to, I mean, there are full-time jobs in denying this stuff. And I don't know why anyone would fund people to just debunk anything psychic or supernatural. I can calculate. I mean, it could very well be that there are people who sincerely believe that the world will be a better place and all of us will be happier if we um, completely disavow the supernaturalism of the old world, which includes religion and spirituality. And that, that maybe we'll all be better and the world will be better if everybody does that. So that's their motive. There might be another motive that they just don't like religion. They don't like the mainstream religion of whatever society they're in. I I don't know. I, I, I try to avoid putting motives into other people. But uh, I, I think that's a phenomenon in itself. Who's funding the, the debunking? Why don't we fund parapsychology? Well, part of it might be in the part of skeptics is they believe there's a scientific explanation for anything. And if things can't be explained, it's either superstition, it's imaginary, it's fake. Yeah, the default... But, but see, that's the same mistake the spiritualists make. The spiritualists have a default theory. If you can't explain it, it's spiritual. These guys have a default. If you can't explain it, it's therefore material. You just, you know, it's like they're both starting out with the same presumption. They're limited by what they think is, the, the spiritualists are limited by what they think is likely. The debunkers are limited by what they think is possible. And of course, what's possible changes. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to make a close analogy to quantum physics here because I don't understand quantum physics well enough. But a lot of the things that are accepted in in quantum, they sound magical, you know. <laughs> it's like they, they don't sound like they've got any any kind of explanation. Now, 
We must always remember, though, that the fact that one paranormal thing might be true does not mean that others are. I mean, there are many examples of that, you know, like cryptozoology. You realize it wasn't until about the middle of the 1800s that people in Europe believed in the gorilla. They just didn't believe the African gorilla exists. For them, it was a Bigfoot. I think it might have been, what, 1847, before a couple of British explorers, you know, may have shot one, regrettably, and um, all of a sudden... Like um, the coelacanth, you know, you guys have all heard about that apparently extinct fish that that was hauled up in in South Africa off the, you know, in the waters. This thing was a relic of the dinosaur age. They have fossils of it to go back, you know, hundreds of millions of years. But But again, the fact that you've got some mysterious animals... It, it doesn't prove Loch Ness, you know, it doesn't prove Bigfoot. There isn't that correlation there. So we need to be careful about kind of uh, swapping, you know, cross-referencing theories here. I'm going to change the subject just ever so slightly because you had mentioned um, your ghost walks and ghost tours. Uh, why don't you tell us, tell us about that? You know, I mean, is uh, um, does Buffalo have enough haunted locations that uh, that makes it viable <laughs> everywhere people live there will be supernatural folklore they will talk about spooky stuff um yes western new york um it's as haunted as any it it's either quite haunted or else it only looks that way because you got an author around here who writes everything down I think supernatural folklore and perceived experience is much more common than the average person thinks. And I I think this because, you know, we've got these TV programs, reality TV, where they, oh, my God, we got a haunted site over here. Holy cow. Let's go there. Yeah, there's 10 of them on the same block, my friend. You know, it's it's like for the idea of a building being haunted is not that remarkable. I wouldn't say that one out of 10 American buildings are currently haunted, but if you said one out of a hundred, would you be able to get some supernatural folklore there or perceived experience? I'd say, sure. I mean, the condition of a haunting, it's not that rare. And and furthermore, a lot of these buildings, they have a pattern of getting a lot of ghost stories for a number of years, and then they get none. It, it's like the spooks just move out. And then maybe years later, they get some more. And and so they'll go these long periods without any reports. And very often, the reports will differ. So in other words, it's a really hard picture to put together. But I will tell you, yes, I have a ghost walks company. It's called Haunted History Ghost Walks. I've been leading ghost walks since 1997. Our company incorporated in 2003. And, you know, basically, I ransack a small historic area like a a square mile or less, really. That's our rule is no more than a mile of walking and a bunch of, you know, maybe 10 10 neighborhood ghost stories and you walk people from one to one. But we're basically storytellers, folklorists. That's that's pretty much what, what we are. We don't try to prove anything using, we don't try to demonstrate anything, you know, we don't, we don't talk to the spirits. We don't take their pictures. We tell you stories, stories about, the experiences of people, stories that have gravitated to places. It, I mean, the, the long and the short of it is that my study is stories and places. 
By the way, I want to ask you in our next segment, before we get back to the strange ghost stories to explore, how you got involved in writing fiction? And, you know, why the fiction appears to have similar range of topics. And it's an interesting sure. approach to it. We're going to go into that in our next segment with Mason Winfield, author of a number of books on history and folklore with a paranormal bent. And then we don't want to say Tim Swartz, our co-host, is bent. <laughs> I remember an artist in the 50s or 60s called Bent Fabric, by the way. Yeah, heard of <laughs> I'm Gene... You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. USA News Update. Expect the employment rate to increase if there's a recession, according to a top bank. Everything we see will be a mild recession. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan told that to investors on Friday. Our core prediction at Bank of America is for a mild recession in early 23 to mid-23. Speaking on CNBC, Moynihan says Bank of America is preparing for a worst-case scenario that would see unemployment rise to 5.5% and likely stay there through 2024. I'm Jeremy Scott. President Joe Biden will be the first sitting president to deliver a Sunday sermon at Martin Luther King Jr.'s church in Atlanta today. The FAA starting a probe into how a commercial airliner taxied in front of a flight that was taking off from New York's JFK International Airport Friday evening. And congratulations to Arbani Gabriel from the United States, who was crowned the 71st Miss Universe last night. Corey Myers, USA News. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 
Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe $25,000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Hi, this is Tracy Torme, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Mason, Gene, and Tim, I mention the name of an artist. Real name, Bent Fabricius Bajer, and I am sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. A Danish pianist named Bent Fabric. And he came out with a song back in 1961, one of the instrumentals that became famous called Alley Cat. Okay? Alley Cat also won a Grammy Award for Best Rock and Roll Recording, 1961. And none of you heard of him. I nope. heard of Ben Fabric. I just couldn't <laughs> tell you much about their music. <laughs> now, if you played his music for me right now, I'd probably go, oh, I know that. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's familiar with the artist. We do ghost walks. Yeah, walking tours of uh, historic communities. We basically walk people around a neighborhood and tell them ghost stories that people have reported. But that's the simple way to put it. I mean, we research layers into our, our topic. I mean, we're talking about architecture and mythology and folklore and the Native Americans and occultism, geology. I mean, absolutely any possible discipline that appears to have any connection with a ghost story, we, we bring it up. And and we're always looking for these little historic... We, we try to give people a, a balanced nutshell perspective of the regional history too i mean if we're doing a tour of east aurora or lewiston or allentown you know they're going to come away with an under a real nutshell understanding of how the community started its original history and um it's really a lot of fun it's a business you know i mean i charge people for tickets and i pay my taxes and i hire tour guides and I pay them and I train them and, uh, you know, I make deals with people who want to do some kind of a supernatural event. But I, I would tell you, our company has a very good reputation in Western New York. I mean, people say the nicest things to me. Um, it really, we are reaching people. It's really nice. Have you ever encountered things in amongst your journeys of exploration <laughs> that are weird? Well, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's a couple drunks outside one of the pubs in East Aurora that always yell at me on Saturday night. But um, I would say 
I do not even imply to people that they're going to have a supernatural experience if they buy a ticket from me. However, I must answer you honestly, typically once a year or so, somebody, sometimes several people, sometimes a lot of people on one of our tours believe that they've had that experience. There had been times when the whole group saw something and I didn't because mm. I'm I'm in teacher zone and I'm I'm facing them. And if it happens above me or behind me and I'm sitting there standing there trying to focus on my story and I, you know, plus my psychic abilities are low rollers anyway. I, I, I am the least psychic person. I think almost anybody will meet. So, but yes, once in a while, somebody on one of our tours believes they witness something. So now with the, uh, uh, buildings and locations on your tour, can you give us some examples of your favorites? Or, or, you know, the ones where your group will almost always go, wow. Well, we, we call those in, in my outfit, we call those clincher stories or, mm-hmm. or knockouts or something. You know, we, we just live for that light them up moment, you know, where, where everybody just goes, oh, wow. But they don't always do that about a ghost story. You know, they'll usually do that about some factoid of history. But, um you know, I would say every one of our tours has a spectrum, you know, like we've got every one of our tours has what we call the Hollywood story. And, you know, the Hollywood story is there's a murder or a suicide or a love triangle and there's a death and people think the place is haunted. And, you know, that's not by any means the profile of every haunted site, but it is the profile of a few. And um, every one of our tours tends to have one of those. Um, there are connections to uh, religion. I mean, any church, old church, will tend to pick up ghost stories. Theaters. If 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 you've got a tour that you're planning a route for a tour and, and you, you realize there's a theater on it, you know, you've already got one. <laughs> you know, you've already got every theater has a ghost story. Um, either um, they're all haunted or acting is a very superstitious profession. But actually, actors do tend to love ghost stories in that respect. The theater tends to be, it's its not politically the most conservative of our arts, but in some ways it might be um, the most conservative artistically of our arts. But any theater will get a bunch of ghost stories and uh, old pubs will tend to get ghost stories. Um, so, and, and we're, we're often looking for profiles of landscape like, is there some kind of geometry to to this? Or, for instance, um, any pathway between ch- a church and a graveyard in in old Europe would tend to get a lot of ghost stories. J- just an outdoor spot, the trail, and they call that a corpse path, or they call it that in England anyway. And whenever we're in an American village, and there's a road connecting a church and a graveyard, or maybe. Uh, to cemeteries or something, you, you've always got some ghost stories on the street. The street, will, the whole street will have a tendency to get ghost stories. Old Native American footpaths, the important ones in upstate New York, tend to pick up tons of ghost stories. I would say the most important. Now, we do get stories about haunted roads, and the haunted roads I know of tend to be short. They're either dead ends or they're streets that are cut off.
like you know it, it's it it just has a t cross at each end and a lot of the famous haunted roads in western york are short mile long and um i, I think your good feng shui expert would probably say that it's natural flow it's chi gets cut off and therefore the uh, maybe the yin energies get a little stale i think that might be what they'd say and uh, you tend to pick up a lot of ghost stories as well as stories of curses and psychic, you know, emotional trouble in people of, of, of any kind on, on these certain roads. So and finally, the, the, the real the daddy of all haunted trails in New York State is this east west route goes from Buffalo to Albany. It's um, Route 5. It's an ancient native footpath. It, it may be so old that it was made before the humans got here it could because this would have been right at the foot of the glaciers the glaciers never really came down any farther than that in the great lakes area so any human or animal that wanted to migrate east or west would have taken the same trail and they've developed it you know into a dirt road and you know during the settler era and now it's well paved and some of it is you're driving on it almost highway speed but the native americans i think i think the first settlers called it the old mohawk trail i think the jesuits called it the iron trail because there was so much military hardware clanking along it but at any rate whenever i investigate a community in the upstate and route five goes through it if i get the village map out and put a pin in everywhere I get a ghost story, you see this definite pattern running alongside the road, Route 5. And there's ancient battlefields along it and uh, sacred sites like springs and fountains and uh, temples. And you you really, patterns is what I look for. And um, that's one of the ones I tend to be observing at the exact moment. Does Route 5 have mountainous regions or is it all flat? Oh, it's... Well, it's not all flat, but it's, um, it, I don't think, it, no, I can't think of any mountains it cuts through. It's change in elevation. It's rolling, you know, it's it's drumlins. It's, it's change of elevation. Wouldn't be that much, and it wouldn't be that steep. Okay, I say that because I do not like to drive on mountainous roads. So if I ever visit Buffalo or around your area, Maybe we'll take a look at it. We'll have something else to take a look at here. And then Mason will be back with Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast.plus to learn more about 
Paracast Plus. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is ShopSuperTea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we have Mason joining us. We've been talking about the various locales that he uses for his ghost excursions. He'll be back with After the Paracast, part of our Paracast Plus subscription service also. So this is the last segment he does of the main show before he does the premium show, where there are no restrictions except for the stuff by which they can sue us. <laughs> so, okay, so how far afield do your tours go from the Buffalo area? It depends on the year. 
Um, we used to do ghost walks in Niagara on the Lake in Canada. Used to do them in Saratoga Springs. Still do them in Canandaigua, which is near Rochester. Um, used to do them in Auburn. No, I'm sorry, not Auburn. We did them in um, Lyons, New York. You know, it'll be sort of like my company will make a partnership with a local because these the ghost walks are really hard to run long range. It's just a, it's a very local business. And um, but right now we're focused mostly on Erie and Niagara County. We're in we're in western New York, the Niagara frontier. And, um, you know, if I had wanted to be the Starbucks of ghost walks, I think I I think I could have been. But. I wouldn't have been doing anything else with my life. That would have been running that company would have been my full time gig. And I, I never wanted my life to, to be that. I love the tours, but I, I, I love meeting the public. I love telling them stories. But I've decided that I really want this to be a, a very local and a very seasonal business. I mean, our prime time is about six weeks mid-September through Halloween. And that's the way I like it because I write books and live my life the rest of the year. You know, what I want written on my urn, I'm not going to be buried. I will be cremated. But what I want written on my urn is not going to be, man, did this guy give a great ghost walk. What would you like it to say? Oh, well, geez, I'd, I'd want to be thought of as a compassionate and fair individual. But um, writing books is, is what I would like to be my distinction in life. I don't think of myself as a great writer, but I think I'm a good one. And um, I, uh, I really am I'm a supernatural guy. I, 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 just, I just find that to be my niche. And um, I, I really like that as a subject. So I think that's what I'm going to write mostly. Why fiction? Um, it's come on me that um, that's uh, a, a, a statement. I just felt called to start writing some fictional books. I mean, I've written a, a book about a wizard, not Harry Potter. The guy's always. The book is called The Prince of the Air. It is the memoirs of a contemporary wizard. It was written and published in 2021. Very happy with the book. And um, it's, you know, basically this guy narrates his memoirs and he claims to be a wizard and um, he doesn't use wands and he mocks out Harry Potter a lot, but yet um, he has some adventures and uh, and the book I most recently published, I've had it in my possession for about a month, is called A Ghost Hunter's Journal. And this is about a, uh, a couple of psychic detectives in the upstate. It's a country English teacher and a Native American a young Native American elder, and the two guys are buddies, and they get called in on all these cases. And the cases, many of them are inspired by actual things I've encountered. Because, you know, I claim no psychic abilities for myself whatsoever. I tell everybody I'm not an exorcist, I'm not a ghost hunter, I'm not a wizard, and yet people still call me up looking for help. And I always get some information about the story, and if they think they're serious... I, I always do a bit of sleuthing, try to figure out what kind of situation they're in. And some of these cases, um, they're, they're too hot. I can't, I can't write about them as research. Or they're confidential. They just don't want anything else. So you got to fictionalize everything, change the names, 
move it around, change all the details, and then you can sort of write about it. And some of the time I'll get called in on a case that may or may not be confidential, but I don't know how it started or I don't know how it ended. You know, a lot of these cases, you get consulting with a, a family or a group of people and all of a sudden they just shut right off. They, they just cut you right out. They don't want to see you again. And um, I, I promise you it's not because I'm some predatory, obnoxious being. It's actually, I think, because very often when people call me up, for help with a case. They know I don't claim to be a wizard. I'm not a magician. I don't have a magic wand. They've been to people who've claimed that. They've been all over the place trying to get help and it hasn't worked. So now they come to me. And when I realized that, you know, that this case has already gotten a lot of hands in it who may have created problems, I, I realized I, I can't really help you guys. This is my scholarly opinion of the type of situation you're in. And based on the research I've encountered, this is how you can either put an end to it or just cool off and wait for it to end. Because a lot of this stuff has a predictable cycle. If people are undergoing a poltergeist outbreak, there's only so long it's likely to last. And if they can just chill out and not add to it um, and not augment anything, it'll it'll probably, uh, probably cool off. But um, I had something come up this summer that I found interesting. A young woman... We have a mutual friend. I didn't know this young woman from anywhere, but we have a mutual friend. He contacted me and said he knew a young woman who believed her apartment was was haunted. And But then the young woman just, uh, I, I, I made an appointment for myself and my Algonquin friend to come visit, and she never followed up. And I found out months later, I, I mean, I predicted this could happen, but months later I ran into a uh, a new friend who's a ghost hunter, and he was telling me about this one case he got in on. And I knew exactly what happened. Somebody else came in and started taking over the case and said to the young lady, don't bring anybody else in. And that was fine. I, I hope everything worked out. An interloper. Hey, I don't own these. I don't own these cases. I don't own these people. They have to make their own decisions. It's probably better to just have one person you listen to, and hopefully they're they're the right ones. Maybe you're looking for a certain kind of message, and for whatever reason, you didn't provide it, somebody else did. Who knows? Hey, can you tell our listeners if they want to know more about your work, where do they go? My website, masonwinfield.com. Everybody has to have a dot .com. I did something once, I have a radio show I don't, don't do anymore called The Tech Night Out Live, and when they add all these extra domain extensions, I created a domain, thetechnightowl.live. So it rhymes. <laughs> I assume your books are available from the usual offenders. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, we're, we're out there. We're, we're eager capitalists. We're trying to sell. We're, I'd like readers. You can have the money, but give me the readers. And certainly we look forward maybe to trying out one of your ghost tours. That would be really interesting, wouldn't it? By the way, Mason will be back for After the Paracast for subscribers of the Paracast Plus only at theparacast.plus. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast, as long as Twitter lasts and who knows the way things are going over there. We're on Facebook with a couple of segments for the Paracast. We also offer an online shop called theparacast.shop. And over there you can get 
branded merchandise of different categories, the Paracast.shop, and we also offer the Paracast Plus at the Paracast.plus. Look at all those extra new extensions they have for websites now, not just .com and .net. With the Paracast Plus, you get this show free of the network ads with better quality audio. So our guests sound better, I sound the same, I can't do any better. We also offer the After the Paracast podcast, no interruptions, uncensored. So we can say anything we want, as do the guests, as long as we're not sued for it. The Paracast.plus, by the way, with the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, we give you 20% off the price of five-year and lifetime subscriptions. The Paracast Plus at the Paracast.plus. Lots of fun talking to what I hope is a new friend of the show, Mason Winfield. Thank you so much for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful program. You guys are, are serious thinkers and serious researchers, and I think we, we really covered some ground tonight, so thank you both for the, the privilege. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.